It's a bitch hunt. 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 So Jacob, Luke was just telling me a story about uh, a certain baseball mitt. Yes, Will. So once upon a time, there was a young man named me. And I had a baseball glove that I loved very much. And As, as all young boys do, it's like the, the first love of an adolescent boy. It is. Oftentimes it is. And in many ways, it's a, it's a painful love, whether or not uh, what the thing that happened to me happens to you. It's like your steed. It is like your trusty steed. It's a lot like that. Um, it's it's a lot like that yeah. in more ways than one. And so if I have you're this, not aware, all well, ninety percent of baseball gloves are made out of horse hide. So I wasn't going to bring so that it's up exactly because like that's that. a it's a very dark <laughs> connection. Um, but in any case, uh, bring yourself to the mind of a 14-year-old me. It's the summer Dumb. of 2006, because I went to a Twins game with my family, and lo and behold, we were walking outside the Metrodome, and there was an unassuming booth where a certain young rookie pitcher was just... Who? Tell us who. It was, uh, it was Francisco Liriano. Oh. Oh, my, my God. God. And he was in his rookie year, 2006, absolutely tearing it up. I don't remember how late into the season it was, but he ended that year with a 12 and three record, 2.16 ERA. Should have won the the rookie of the year if he hadn't been injured. But in any case, this was this was before all the accolades and before all the the beautiful times. And he was just sitting there in a booth outside the Metrodome. And here I was with my family. I had brought my glove to the game, as I always did. And I was like, hey, I should get something signed. And then I was also like, hey, the only thing that I could have signed is this glove. So I brought my glove up to Francisco Liriano. I asked him if he'd sign it. I have no oh. idea what he said. I have no idea if I even asked him. I was probably too shy to ask him, so I probably had one of my parents do it for me. But in any case... I got my glove signed right on the Beautiful. right on the outside of the thumb. <clears throat> and I treasured that glove. I I'm pretty sure that I probably was still playing baseball at that point. And I'm pretty sure I used that glove with the signature on it for baseball that and you know, in fact, I think that was eighth grade year. Um So you're using some vi- some actual genuine Liriano memorabilia as as a playing glove. As I recall, I, I, I'm pretty and sure I just did. Just real quick, remind us why this story is relevant. Is it because it's the pitch cast, the pitch hunt, and uh, we only talk about pitchers? That's right. We, yeah. We, we, every every week on the pitch hunt, we talk about our, our favorite semi-forgotten Major League Baseball pitchers, which is the only reason this was brought up. And not yes, because... next week I'll be talking about Eric Milton. All right, and that's been our show for this week. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> All right. Let's no, the play reason, us out. The reason, sadly, that this was brought up... I won't go into all the gory details because there's a gross portion of it, but basically this glove was stolen off my porch like two years after two years after uh, that beautiful signature. Uh, and at that point, I was convinced that Francisco Liriano was going to be a surefire Hall of Famer. But yeah, that yeah. glove, my pride and joy, one of the only gloves, well, at that point, that was my first big boy glove and the big boy glove that I had been using in baseball for a long time snatched off my porch. Speaking of athletic tools. Yeah. One of the best sports movies of all time. I think we can all agree is happy Gilmore. Absolutely. And who, who doesn't like a little bit of golf? Everybody. It's just the most exciting sport to watch. That's, that's a golf movie, right? Yes. yes. Well, it's okay. more of a hockey movie, but he does some golfing. 
There's some good golf brawling, if I remember correctly. There's an iconic fight scene between uh, a young Adam Sandler and an old Bob Barker. I mean, not, not that old. Pretty old, but not that old. And something that I actually incidentally learned within the last couple of weeks is that Bob Barker did all of his own stunts in that iconic fight scene. No, that's, that's why it looks so real. I don't know I'm how impressed to be about that. Because it is. Well, he was like 80 years old. Actually, probably not that old, but clearly somebody didn't do their homework because you should have been watching that in the last week. Luke and I did. I am sure of it. I guess his bark wasn't as 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 worse than his bite. <laughs> <laughs> well put. Well put. <laughs> well put. <laughs> You know, I don't think there's... But anyway, uh, this this week's episode <laughs> theme is Pitch a Happy Madison film. Let me tell you, we were discussing this again before going on air. Seems like a simple premise, but I think all of us can say that when we sat down to think about our pitches for this week, we realized that there's a lot of nuance in a Happy Madison picture. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and my, it's easy. It's easy to just try to pitch something very stupid and juvenile because most of his films are. But then the pitch also has to be somewhat interesting and compelling, so that balance is hard to strike. During my requisite three hours of preparation for this podcast, I really struggled with this. I mean, what I came <laughs> away with is that as a Happy Madison production, it needs to star Adam Sandler. That's, I'm sure, took a lot of deep introspection. I, I, as always, appreciate Well, the, you know, I went through the Wikipedia pages of all the Happy Madison films, and I just noticed a, a kind of a trend. There was Adam Sandler and just more Adam Sandler uh, from, from Happy Gilmore all the way down to um, <laughs> the other films that I was looking at. <laughs> wow. It has will been replaced by Roger Ebert's ghost. <laughs> this is some deep insight. Thank you, Luke. Uh, I'm going to dive in with my pitch because I think I'm the only one of us three this week who has written down anything. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, <clears throat> doesn't mean I put a lot of thought into it, but here's what I've got. All We've right. got... Our man, Adam Sandler. Thanks, no Will. Way. He gave me no that, way. That, that flash of inspiration just came to me after your summary. He sent You're welcome. on a mission to colonize Mars with oh. Rob Schneider. Yes. Terry Crews. Yes, give it Chris to me. Chris Rock. Yes. And Maya Rudolph. Oh, man. So together, they make up the NASA super team, the stars of Mars. Oh, oh, jeez! Adam Sandler is this a botanist, movie is right? So good. <laughs> he's a botanist. He's just okay. a, a botanist. He's he's out there to make sure that plants can grow. I mean, is he super the, horny for flowers? Yes, and only flowers. <laughs> flowers get him off, and humans do not. I've got a very, very, very good idea for what happens later in the film, but I'll let you continue. Save it. Save it. Terry Crews is a pilot slash engineer. Yes. You know, he, he's just the jack of all trades. He gets things done that no one else can do. Just like in real Chris life. Chris Rock and Maya Rudolph are a biologist slash chemist power couple, and nice. they're an actual couple. They, they're married. They love each other deeply, um, and they do science together. There's a little bit of marital razzing that happens between them, you know? Yeah, yeah, that, that's part of the fun. So all of them have these quirky traits, and they have fun times pranking each other on Mars, you know. Uh, but they have this larger mission, which is to get the planet ready for the first wave of regular citizens who are coming from Earth in the future. Gotcha. And then Earth blows up. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> So now there is no wave of regular citizens coming. The fate of humanity is right there on Mars. The stars of Mars are the only humans left. That puts a lot of pressure on Maya Rudolph's loins. Yeah. And so what do you expect is coming? Probably like some kind of sex montage between her and Chris Rock. 
because well, they need to create babies, right? I was going to say that, and also, you know, they have to have, like, some genetic diversity. So, I mean, I, I don't want to automatically go to the the root of, you know, everybody getting with Maya Rudolph, but I really don't see any other way of saving humanity. Well, here's I the mean, thing. Chris Rock has a lot of range, so. Genetic <laughs> diversity be damned, because okay. Chris Rock... As a biologist, quickly diagnoses his own infertility. Oh God! Oh no! And then he this puts us in an awkward situation. Everyone else and discovers that Adam Sandler is the only person who isn't shooting blanks, but he is not attracted to human beings. <laughs> oh no! He's only attracted to plants. He's only horny for flowers. As was established earlier, that was a really nice piece of foreshadowing. Okay. Yeah. I'm sensing a lot of a lot of conflict here, but I'm worried about the resolution, Luke. So here's the question that um, immediately jumps to everyone's mind. What now? <laughs> and that is where my summary has run out. So <laughs> let's crowdsource <laughs> let's crowdsource this and come up with a, a fantastic ending. So I'm thinking we have well, like a, you know, a, you really did have a lot of momentum there. You know, you, you really, came to a the plot had no. had quite a bit of forward impetus when you stopped right there. So <laughs> it shouldn't be hard, is what I'm saying. Um, this might be bad, but my my first thought was a either you have to make my Rudolph as plant like as possible, or b well, I guess there's. Okay, there's several options here. Make Maya Rudolph seem like a plant. There's a lot of hilarity there in her dressing up like a, you know, like a ficus, dressing up like a cactus, trying out different looks, see what uh what gets Adam Sandler's motor running, so to speak. Yeah, I think I think there needs to be a series of attempts on Maya Rudolph's behalf to seduce him that fail, and then she becomes increasingly more plant-like as she shows up at his quarters. <laughs> There's a lot of hilarity there. Uh, you do have the potential for, you know, the biologist figuring out that humans uh, can actually procreate with plants and create some kind of It's just never race. been tried before. Right. <laughs> well, it just hasn't been tried in the right way, maybe. So I mean, I, Adam Sandler's been trying this. That's just who he is in this and film. And that's definitely going to be a plot point, I, I would see. In that lonely trip to Mars. Yeah, maybe that's where the genetic diversity comes from then. He has Ooh. human babies with Maya Rudolph and plant babies with plants that he's sexually attracted to. With planty? And then those babies There are no genes more diverse than that of the, the flora kingdom. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I think that's what happens. Okay. He's having sex with both plants and Maya Rudolph in the form of a plant. And then the movie ends with a flash like a thousand years in the future and we have these right. like weird weird plant people just roaming around i love it i love it all right it. so i was i was gonna um i was gonna posit two other options one was the one that i thought of right after i said he was horny for plants and you agreed with me <laughs> and that's there are actually aliens on mars that look a lot like really sexy plants Ooh, i like that that is also so, good so that's that's one option. The second option, which I thought as you were explaining the whole Maya Rudolph conundrum is what if they set up some trap for Adam Sandler where he has sex with a really, really attractive plant and then and then, you know, his his seed has been, you know, deposited on the plant and then and then at that point Maya Rudolph kind of can swoop Ooh, in. Uh, and have uh, sex with the plant, uh, uh, kind of leftovers. I, I don't like that. Uh, uh, you don't like that? No, that makes me very uncomfortable. It's not good. <laughs> I've been really into the logistics of this and been I mean, positing all, you know, because it's a really, it's a dire straits. The world yeah. is yeah. on the line here. You do bring up a good point. Many people conceive without sex. That's true. In, in reality. That's true. That's true, and that's you know. But it would be much or, less. It would be much less fun and and zany if that reality didn't exist on Mars. You could have this totally hilarious and absolutely uh, made-for-screen threesome 
between Maya Rudolph, Adam Sandler, and, and a, a Venus and a plant. fly trap. <laughs> I don't think you want to go with a Venus fly trap. I was thinking about that earlier, and that's. I mean, I guess I, not being sexually attracted to plants myself, I don't know what kind of plant would, you know, would turn a person on, but I guess they are the most animal-like. And the most vagina dentata-like. Is that sexy, though? For Adam Sandler, yes. Okay, I guess you're the one making the rules. <laughs> <laughs> the only other... there could be this throwaway line that he really likes the film teeth and... i was gonna say <laughs> i don't think teeth and then really that comes back later dentata seem all that appealing made it seem a little more horrific but you know forward thinking i guess <laughs> i don't know i don't know if you're seeing the same teeth that i'm seeing because i i thought it made it seem pretty attractive yeah i guess that i it just means that I really need to see that movie again. I've been dying for a chance. So much fun the first time. It's a good movie, though. It actually, it is. I shouldn't, I should not be besmirching teeth. It's a good movie. It just, it's also quite clever. These are all like the, the commentary on rape culture is very good. It's again, it's, it's, it's a great movie, but I don't think it makes that particular thing. I'll just say it doesn't make me want to have sex with a Venus flytrap more than I already did. Well, agree to disagree. All right. Anyway, I don't really have much more to add. I think these are interesting avenues to explore. So, um, studio, so the film execs, will do that. studio execs, take note. I think that it's a terrible idea, but it actually has the highest chance of becoming an actual film of any of the pitches we've done so far on this fine podcast. Well, Simply because the the barrier is just very, very low. <laughs> I, Adam Sandler's probably, his ears have pricked up from across the planet yeah, right that's now. The thing. Just I, hearing us talking. To I think this is very dumb, but I was happy with how much it seemed like it could be a future Happy Madison premise to me. All right, well, let's... Let's ship it then. This boy in Madison, Wisconsin is very happy with it. Uh, <laughs> Yagoon. Yagoon. I, I, I had that in the holster for the last several minutes. That was great. All right. Well, with that shipped, we're down to two possible pitches. Yep. Should we do eeny, meeny, miny, mo? Let's do eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Luke. You want to eeny some meanie and miny some mo? Yeah. Will, you should go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Adam Sandler. All right, here we go. All right, Adam Sandler. So the thing about Adam Sandler is he's a dog nurse. <laughs> he's a nurse for dogs. Okay. Now, the thing about he's not a, a nurse for dogs. He's a nurse for dogs. Yes. <laughs> You know what your question was? I was anticipating your question, but you got it in before me. So the thing about a dog nurse is it's not a veterinarian. When you go to a veterinarian, you're going to a veterinarian's office and you're seeing a vet, right? Yes. A dog nurse is when you go into an inpatient dog hospital and you're waited bedside by a nurse. Do you understand the difference? I, am, I, right? am I the dog in this scenario? Yes. yes, in this scenario, you're a dog, all okay. right? Okay. I know that just the face of American healthcare space. is very complicated, but <laughs> let me just simplify this out, right? It's an outpatient, like, clinic for animals when you go to a vet. It's an inpatient hospital for, for dogs <laughs> when you go to a dog nurse. Thank you. And they're waiting upon you bed, bedside. <laughs> All right. And that was now, a really of course, concise explanation, and I appreciate it since you come from the medical field. Right. Thank you. Yes. Like it, it could and have it, been highly technical, and yeah. You really you, dumbed, you did a great it, job you dumbed it yeah. down for us idiots. Now, of course, in the dog, the dog nurse also works alongside dog surgeons, dog uh, anesthetists, you know, anesthetists, dog doctors. There's plenty of, yes, Eye there's doctors, plenty of nurse uh, specialists. Of course. Actually, eye doctors, they actually have their own kind of separate insurance and, and a different thing. you got to go to a, a dog eye doctor uh, okay. for that. Um, but anyway. <laughs> Tell me about dog dental, Will. <laughs> 
Doctor, don't even get me started. We don't have 20 minutes to sp- spare on dog dental. All so right, anyway. All right. So sorry. So anyway, he's a dog nurse. Um, what else? Uh, I think you should talk about some of the other uh, the other jobs that are related to job nurses. Like, there's okay, a, so- are there dog nurse practitioners? Dog LNs? Dog RNs? Which which uh, which category would he fall into? Well, I don't know, Jacob. I really don't. <laughs> okay. Well, what I want to know is what what happens? Why is this? Why do we see? It? Why are we entering his life now? Is okay, there a, so a special dog so, that comes to visit one day? Yes, yeah, so Adam Sandler, he's he's pretty good at his job, and he's very passionate about it. Remind he, me like, what he does. He's a dog nurse, Jacob. <laughs> and he um, often will have, there'll be these kind of, you know, Happy Madison-esque montages of him. He's a little clumsy. He's a little, okay. he's a, he's a little bit uh, prone to awkward situations, but he, like, his heart's in the right place, and he really likes... Uh, being a dog nurse and when you get to the end of the day there's like just these really really nice kind of um feelings of fulfillment and that he's made a real difference in the world anyway one day this <laughs> puppy comes in mm-hmm. and the puppy has dog leukemia oh oh god yeah so he <clears throat> is in the dog hospital for a really long time. And it's kind of Adam Sandler's job to kind of become a new father figure for this puppy. Okay. His parents have abandoned him. So does he he pretend to be a dog? So he doesn't pretend to be a dog because... The, the the puppy isn't an idiot, you know. The puppy can understand that this is a this is Adam Sandler and not a dog, you know. Yeah. I mean, it would be fun if he were breastfeeding a puppy. <laughs> Damn it, Luke! That is a really good idea. <laughs> it's not too late to change lanes here. I know this is a really well, so, well thought out idea, but the thing about this dog is this puppy is his parents like are in the picture but they're just they're like very they're just very busy you know <laughs> they don't have time for their <laughs> so uh, just to, they don't have just time to for be, their puppy with leukemia just to be clear when we're talking about the dog's parents are we talking about its human parents its owners as some would call them dogs don't have human parents jacob <laughs> okay go on <laughs> so anyway no Man. they're like they're they're high powered dog politicians. Okay. And and like they 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 love their son, but they they kind of they're they're very ambitious. Right. And they're, they're really they don't have time for both work and home. Yeah. And they they kind of use him as a political prop too. Like, oh, our 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 poor puppy has has leukemia. You should relate to us and and vote us into office. You know. It's like a husband-wife political duo, I'm, you know? Okay. I, I, I hate to interrupt you in the midst of a really uh, interesting pitch, but you're making it sound like maybe there are anthropomorphic animals in this? Yeah, can these dogs there are, talk? Yeah. Can these dogs talk? And So these dogs... I'm going to give you one chance. Is Adam Sandler, the dog nurse, a dog nurse? <laughs> He is a human being. <laughs> are there nurses any, for dog patients? Are there any other human beings in this movie? No, it's all dogs, <laughs> except for Adam Sandler. <laughs> That's very confusing. <laughs> it is extremely confusing. <laughs> so the dogs are played. It's not computer animated. It's not computer animated. It's live action dogs. Live action dogs. So okay, at this, they're dog- being voiced though by human beings. Wait, do the right? dogs' mouths move when they talk? How does that work? The 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 okay. Now we're now we're getting out of the universe of the movie, of- and we're talking about. We're talking about the people making the movie now. All right, we're talking about the people making the movie. Are what we? they do? Are we? Is well, I just I don't want to confuse you guys. Okay, 
the people making the movie, the 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 the, the dolly and the grip, you know, those people. Uh-huh. Yeah, will they, be, they will they be humans or dogs? <laughs> no, is the crew dogs? dogs can't make movies. <laughs> All right, now now we're in real life. Okay, in real life. The dollies and the grips and the stagehands, right? They all have these utility belts that have jars of peanut butter on them. <laughs> and they give the peanut butter to the dog. The dog the dog actors. Right. All right. But they're not like being paid for this because they're fucking dogs. So these right? are non union dogs. These are non-union dogs because there's no such thing as a dog union, except in my movie. There are there there is a dog nurses union. But Adam Sandler is not a. But Adam Sandler is not a dog. He's a human. (laughs) I just have. But a lot of his coworkers are dogs because everybody else in this movie is dogs. That was my burning question. He works at a dog hospital. Presumably, we're going to spend a lot of our time at dog hospitals. So his coworkers are all dogs. His coworkers are all dogs. The doctors. His patients are are all dogs. dogs. His patients are obviously all dogs because it's a dog hospital. Yes. But it's called a dog hospital outside on. The like facade of the building, it says, um, Brooklyn Dog Hospital. It's in Brooklyn. So I feel like the real like, con- but it's called Barklin in 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 the universe oh, no. that I'm making. Yeah. Uh, the the so the real story in this movie is not the puppy with leukemia. The real story is Adam Sandler being the only human on Earth. That's not a story. That's just a premise. I th- okay, that's the premise. I think that okay, is a more then, interesting uh, premise. Tell us the story then, Will. Yeah. Just tell us the story. Please, tell us a story. Any well, story. You know, this at this point, I'm any just, story will do. I'm saying the, the, the poor puppy with leukemia gets fathered, gets a surrogate father in Adam Sandler. All right? And he's being trotted out on the, on the campaign trail by his dog parents who are uh who are voiced by Rob Schneider and Are you you fishing here? Chris Steve Rock? Buscemi. <laughs> Rob Gottfried? Schneider and Steve Steve Buscemi is pretty good. Yeah. Steve Steve Buscemi. She he's uh, oh, he's the dog the dog mom. I think he would have a hard time convincing Steve Buscemi to do this movie, just saying. I mean he was in He'd do it he Mr. would do Deeds. it for charity. Yeah, okay. He would do it for charity. For dog charity? Yeah, yeah we would be right. like, Mr. Bashimi, all of this is going to dogs with leukemia. And he'd be like, really? And we'd be like, yeah. And then he would do it. Okay. Yeah, you've and is that actually true, or are you lying to Steve Bashimi? That doesn't matter. The point is, <laughs> what do you mean Steve Bashimi is a very, very, he's a very <laughs> nice person. Like, there are many, many news stories about how charitable and kind Steve Buscemi is. Okay, I feel like we're getting caught up on the Steve Buscemi bit now. So I'm saying that we can exploit his kindness to be in this movie. Gotcha. So the but this is we don't we don't talk about how hard it is to cast these people. We just cast them. Sure, sure, yeah, that's fair. That's that's fair. But normally we're casting a, a movie, you know, with a story, with like a plot, a yeah. plot, and a story. Why are you guys being so hard on me with this one? There's obviously a story here. It's like we're, we're a surrogate to, father situation. We're just trying He's, to tease it out of you, Will. That's all. All right. This kid has had leukemia for many years. Kid. He just got transferred from the the Queens uh, dog hospital. And he... He's he's grown up very frail. He doesn't have a very high self-esteem. And so Adam Sandler teaches him how to play fetch, little league fetch. And he teaches him how to um how to eat toilet paper. Is toilet paper a thing though? If this is a world of all dogs except for Adam Sandler, like how relevant is toilet paper in that world? Well, yeah, dog dogs really want to eat it. And Adam Sandler uses it because he's a human. Okay. <laughs> so in this world, has Adam Sandler invented all of the human things that we use? No, he's a dog nurse. <laughs> he's not an inventor. So they're just human things that dogs invented for him to use? <clears throat> I guess well, that's the, not explained. The, okay. Do we have to explain how everything comes about in every universe, in every movie? Well, I uh, think this universe is particularly puzzling. I, th- and that, it's a very, it's, that's really, the, I think, the problem that Luke and I are having here. Is that the universe that you created is uh, 
it's it's undefined in a lot of ways. Like we know that there is mostly dogs, but you seem really hesitant to say that Adam Sandler is the only human on Earth. Just that's that's what I want to get to the bottom of. Is Adam Sandler the only human on Earth? Is Adam Sandler Dennis Quaid? Is Dennis Quaid the only Dennis Quaid in the Rookie? We don't know. That's not an answer. And yes, no, we do know. <laughs> he is the only Dennis Quaid in the rookie. Do they ever explicitly say, oh, hi, Mr. Rookie, you're the only Dennis Quaid in, in the world? They don't. No, but... They don't have to explain when, it. When, when they were pitching this idea, when they were pitching this movie, at some point... Wait, are I mean, you saying probably, Adam Sandler? It probably was a, it was a given that he was the only, only Dennis Quaid in the movie, but in, in a situation like this... I mean that that I'm just saying when you're pitching this to a major studio that question is going to come up is Adam Sandler are we to believe based on the movie I mean you don't even have to like I'm just asking is that going to be a plot point that you can you can answer that question I know you can answer that question The answer is no it's not going to be a plot point Okay Let's send it Wait you don't <laughs> want to hear how it ends Does it end <laughs> Yeah, the dog gets cured of leukemia, and his bad parents lose election, and then they learn that they should be better parents, and then they offer to take in Adam Sandler as a pet. Okay, so I I have just one more logistical question. What's that? Adam Sandler can understand the dogs talking, or no? Yeah, yes. And they can can understand understand him? Yes. Okay, okay. I'm sold. I'm sold too. I'm sold. Awesome. That was a, it was a long you. road to the finish, but we made it. <coughs> well, that's what three hours of preparation gets you. <laughs> oh boy. Well, uh, let me just tell you that it's going to be very hard to follow uh, in more ways than one, but especially for me right now with my pitch. So, <clears throat> assuming we're going to send that or ship it or do yeah. whatever we want with it, it, it okay. is shipped. It's shipped. It's, in it's the already mail. being. It's already being produced. Oh shit! I forgot to put bubble wrap in the in the packaging. Damn it! No, it's too late. It now. might break. It's too late now. All right. In any case, I'm going to bring you to a world not too different from our own world. So there are more people than. Just Adam Sandler is what you're saying. There are more people in the world of my my film than just Adam. Are there Sandler. dog nurses? Uh, you know, are there dog nurses in the rookie? Yeah, there were a few. Okay, and then in my picture, there are dog nurses. Do you understand will, what I'm saying? It's, you you don't have time. to explain everything your to your audience. Okay. <laughs> so. <clears throat> My my movie opens um, with Adam Sandler and Beyonce. By the way, I just looked. Uh, oh my God! You just stole my thunder. According so to Indeed.com, there are currently 140 dog nurse jobs available. I guess that was a bigger, there you go bigger issue than I thought it was. So as I was saying, movie opens with Adam Sandler and Beyonce on a date. Yep. <laughs> what that's, an odd couple, yeah, am I right? Highly improbable. <laughs> <laughs> this is Agreed. more improbable than the the dog nurse situation. <laughs> She's so Mars type situation. B and he's so type A, am I right? I mean, it's crazy. Well, you're going to you're going to probably see what is coming next then. Uh Beyoncé is in the midst of breaking up with Adam Sandler. Oh um, no. At a fancy restaurant. Adam Is Sandler's- she insecure about how much more attractive he is? That's exactly the, the, the main problem in this movie. Wait, is Jay-Z in this universe? Jay-Z is the waiter who <laughs> has <laughs> brought a glass of champagne to Beyonce with a ring in it. And uh, Beyonce is singing, if you like it, then you would have put a ring on it. Um, but she's singing it to Adam Sandler, and she doesn't like him, so she won't put a ring on it. Um, so what, does she uh, just like swallow the ring defiantly? <laughs> no, she 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 downs the entire glass of champagne, uh, swishes it around in her mouth, and then spouts it out into Adam Sandler's face, and it gets stuck in his nice. nose. Oh. So that's the first uh, 
the first solid two minutes of the movie is this breakup happening and Adam Sandler is going to walk away from it sticky, uh, soaked in champagne and with a, a ring, an engagement ring stuck in his nose. Um, so, you know, how humiliating down in the dumps credits, opening credits roll, sad song. Adam Sandler is a little sad sack walking around the city. Just lost the love of his life. <clears throat> so, Wait, where is this set, Jacob? This is set in uh, Barklin. Oh, Barklin, like from my movie? <laughs> yes, this is set in the same universe <laughs> as your movie. Uh, ten, wait, 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 wait. This wait, is wait. the sequel to your movie, Will. Are you putting other people in my movie universe? <laughs> <laughs> We're 10 years down the road. Adam you Sand- piece of shit. Adam Sandler has freed himself. Take it back, Jacob. <laughs> Okay, fine. <laughs> fine. We'll, we'll, it's set in an alternate uh, universe in just regular Brooklyn. Uh, it's regular Brooklyn. Adam Sandler has just been broken up with by Beyonce. That much still stands. I won't poach your uh, untoppable location and premise <laughs> if you really don't want me to. I just I was really inspired by your pitch. In any it's case. about respect and integrity, Jacob. It's about respect and integrity. I have one of those, maybe. Um, Adam Sandler, nose ring, Beyonce. We're back in it. <clears throat> so we're going through this sad montage, sad music, Adam Sandler walking down the street. Uh, Adam Sandler walks back to his, his dirty, lonely bachelor pad. Uh, his stoner roommate, Rob Schneider, is sitting there, asks him how the proposal went. Oh, Rob. <clears throat> and uh, Adam is, Adam's forced to tell him that it didn't go well. And he points at the, the ring that's stuck in his nose. And Rob Schneider's like, oh, sick nose ring, man. And he's like, no, that was the engagement ring that I was going to give to Beyonce. <laughs> and wasn't able to because she's... And he's like, you want to see my dick ring? <laughs> that's exactly what happens next. Wait. No, that's not okay. what happens next. Sorry, there, I... <laughs> there is no dong hanging. Everybody knows Happy Madison movies are PG-13. So, actually, I don't think that's true at all. But in any case... Yeah, I think, uh, I think all of them are, actually. Really? Yeah. You might be right. Well, this can be a... I guess this could be a trendsetter in being, but no, I don't want to see... I don't want to see Rob Schneider's dong in my... It's NC-17 in my and all Rob Schneider. All <laughs> oh, Rob Schneider. <laughs> Rob Schneider nice. bears all. <laughs> Get this though, guys. Get this. Adam Sandler works at a uh, a factory where they make fortunes for Chinese fortune cookies. Ooh, right. So we see heartbroken Rob. Excuse me. We see heartbroken Adam Sandler. <laughs> I got Rob Schneider on the brain. I can't we help see it. See a horny nude Rob Schneider. <laughs> yeah, horny nude Rob Schneider. Writing I think you're trying to make this movie something it doesn't want to be. With his dick. Um. <laughs> no, I'm just. I'm rolling. I'm rolling. I, I think maybe it does want to be. What if it was the first Happy Madison movie? Starring somebody other than Adam Sandler. It's not. I fooled you. It's Adam Sandler. He works yes. at a he works Got at me. a factory writing fortunes for Chinese fortune cookies. So we see him in the uh you know, weeks and months after he's turned down by Beyonce. He's got a picture of her in his wallet, looks longingly at her. And it I, I probably should have mentioned earlier on <clears throat> Adam Sandler in this movie plays a character. His name is is Don, and he works at a a factory making fortunes for Chinese fortune cookies. Beyonce in this movie is Beyonce. Okay. Like actual Beyonce. Okay, as in the, the ex-singer from Destiny's Child. Actually, in this movie, Destiny's Child is still around. That's okay. actually... Okay, that's so an, it's... It's an important as in it's as in it's the early aughts slash late nineties or as in we're why in a, is Jay Z a waiter? We're in an okay. We're in an alternate universe where Destiny's Child never broke up. Therefore, Beyonce never met Jay Z. Therefore, Jay Z squandered his enormous fortune trying to woo Beyonce, but failing because she was 
so committed to Destiny's Child that she decided that she didn't want to get married. Jay-Z, now broke, needs to become a waiter. Big plot point early on, as in in the first scene, Jay-Z has uh, been hitting on Beyonce throughout this entire meal while Adam Sandler was trying to propose to her. Beyonce has fallen in love with Jay-Z, which is why she won't marry Adam Sandler. Uh, when she rejects him, Adam Sandler, does Jay-Z go, Chia! Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what he does. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that had happened. Adam Sandler looking at pictures of Beyonce, of Destiny's Child, in his wallet. And uh, I should mention that Rob Schneider also works at this this uh, factory that makes okay, fortune, that's good. Chinese fortune cookies. So the two of them are on their break, and as they normally do on their break, they're enjoying a few fortune cookies. And uh, Adam Sandler opens up a fortune cookie that says, um, it says, it says, uh, don't let your destiny get away from you. Comma, uh, child. Comma, child. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let your destiny get away from you, child. <laughs> Wait, so so they're eating the fortune cookies that they have written fortunes for, and then they're opening up and reading them, expecting Will, like meaning out of on, that. Hold on, Will. Will. <laughs> Will. <laughs> we have a, a factory that makes fortunes for Chinese fortune cookies, and you think that Rob Schneider and Adam Sandler are the only two employees? I mean, I guess it's kind <laughs> yeah. of foolish in like, retrospect. Do do the two of them actually make the cookies or what? They make the cookies, man. They don't write fortunes. Okay. Oh, well, like, you, here you I was thinking they were. <laughs> yeah, I thought that they were writing fortunes this As whole time. <laughs> well, uh, I might have said that, but that was a uh, that was misdirection because they actually uh, in this. You know what? That's a good twist. <laughs> I think I already had my first <gasps> of the movie. Uh yeah, no they they uh they uh, were pastry chefs in their younger days, uh but decided that the boutique lifestyle wasn't for them and they really wanted to produce at a higher volume. So they've started they're actually the uh the proprietors, the uh the owners of this this factory that makes not only fortunes for Chinese fortune cookies but the fortune cookies themselves, the best fortune cookies in the world. But because they're so dedicated to keeping their prices low, they don't make that much money despite owning a huge factory, which is why they live in a bachelor pad together. Um, <laughs> is it also what could why go wrong? Maybe. Is it also Beyonce? Why? Is it maybe why Beyonce is leaving Adam Sandler as well? Because he always smells like fortune cookies. Yeah, because every time she enough. comes over, she has to see a greased up hot nude rob schneider (laughs) (laughs) yeah she realizes that she could never truly love adam sandler because one rob schneider is just too much of a distraction and two there's this connection that she has with this waiter at the restaurant that they literally always go to on their dates and she can't tell why um except for the fact that (laughs) jay-z has spent his entire fortune trying to woo her uh jay-z is in disguise so she feels something for him, but doesn't know that it's him. That's just a minor plot point, though. So does he have one of those like Marx Brothers, uh, like mustaches yeah, and noses? Glasses, on? He has the mustache. He has the false nose. And like Harpo Marx, he only communicates through horn sounds. Horn sounds and <laughs> occasional harp interludes. <laughs> occasional, really, really, like off-putting and very strange tonally harp interludes he does the beat from numb encore (laughs) (laughs) yes um this is a focused pitch though so we're not gonna we're not gonna spend too much time talking about i'm glad we're keeping it nice and tight jay-z's harping (laughs) um 
No, there is a there's an arc to this story. Um and the <laughs> the arc is Adam Sandler gets this fortune cookie on his break and he realizes as you know, he kind of had known all along that he can't give up on Beyonce. She's the best thing that ever happened to him. And the best thing he, that ever happened to any of us. He truly he truly believes that she still loves him. It's just his greasy bachelor pad and the oiled nude Rob Schneider that she can't deal with. So <clears throat> Adam Sandler decides that he's going to learn hip hop dance so that he can be uh he can understand what it's like to be in a a hot girl group so it's just an exercise in empathy rather than like a a scheme to get her back a little little bit of both because the plan this plan starts to hatch uh between Rob Schneider and Adam Sandler in the very break room where they found that that uh, Chinese fortune cookie at their Chinese fortune cookie factory. Just fortune cookie factory, I guess. And the thing is, Rob Schneider is a very supportive friend. And uh, although there is a, a very raw, carnal attraction between him and Beyonce, he respects Adam Sandler so much that he doesn't go for her. What he wants more than anything is that for his friend to be happy, so that he'll move out of the bachelor pad and Rob Schneider can live the bat live in the bachelor pad by himself. So I guess his motives aren't like a hundred percent pure, but at the end of the day, what it means is that Rob Schneider is going to do everything that he can to help Adam Sandler win Beyonce back. Are you following this so far? Yeah, yep. it's really sweet. That's good. Uh, I've cried twice already. I've been crying this entire time. I'm hoping it's not coming through in the recording, but it's really emotional. Well, it has, but we because, can edit it out in post. Okay, I really identify. Yeah, we'll just make you. We'll just make you sound like a, a boring idiot in post. <laughs> just like you have in all the other episodes. Yeah. Good. Good. I'm glad. I've got that filter on my on my computer. I'm glad. Yeah, I, I identify with Beyonce a lot in this, um, mostly because I also am in a group called Destiny's Child. Um, but that's beside the point. Find them on SoundCloud. Find them on SoundCloud. Destiny's Child. Uh, hashtag Destiny's Child. So we've come to the point in my pitch where I've run out of ideas. So I'm wondering how you guys would end a movie uh, that's been set up in the way that I set this up. Well, there's got to be a montage, of course, where he's learning how to uh, hip-hop dance. Yeah. I think it would be cool if he green-screened himself over top of all of her, all of the other Destiny's children in every music video, okay. dancing perfectly, <laughs> just to show her how much he was committed to understanding her lifestyle and being with her i think that, that i feel go ahead oh, i was just gonna say i feel like there needs to be more stakes in the situation you know what kind of stakes there are well, lots of different like, kinds if you of just, stakes if you just film yourself and then send it out like it's basically whether or not she accepts it or not or rejects you right but but like you need some sort of external risk i think you know it's true I think the risk uh a life or death bet with Jay Z. <laughs> oh, that's what I'm talking about. That is that's almost too perfect. So Jay Z turns out to be just a total like psychopath. He like really <laughs> enjoys killing people. Yeah, he. We find out at the end that he's just like a, a hardcore stalker of of Beyonce. Of Beyonce, yeah. Okay, keep in mind that he's still Jay Z. It's just that he's Jay-Z who's fallen on hard times. And I guess it already kind of has been established that he that he is a stalker, so that would work pretty well. I, I like the, the homicidal angle. I was actually going to say that another possible part of the stakes is that either Rob Schneider has given 
Adam Sandler an ultimatum about moving out of his bachelor pad, or else Adam or Rob Schneider has told Adam Sandler that he's going to murder him if he doesn't move out of his bachelor pad. <laughs> oh man, what if there's this crazy final twist where both um Jay-Z and Rob Schneider are trying to murder Adam Sandler, but they both try at the same time and end up murdering each <laughs> other. Murdering each other because Adam Sandler hip hop dances out of the way. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then he and then Beyonce is, happens to be watching. He's finally able to pull off a moonwalk so perfect that Adam Sandler both Rob Schneider and Jay-Z are hypnotized by it, end up swinging and missing and slitting each other's throats. It's a little gory. Maybe maybe they just like garrote each other instead. I don't know if that's less gory. Well, I mean, this is going to be the first R slash NC seventeen rated Happy Madison movie anyway. So I want to keep that strictly for uh, reasons of gratuitous nudity, though. Fair enough, but I and I'm, only Rob Schneider gratuitous nudity, right? Oh yeah, no one else wants to see anything but Rob Schneider. More like Knob Schneider. <laughs> Yes. That line should be uttered no less than 10 times. <laughs> I think that's actually my title. I, I, we haven't it's done just titles beyond. for the rest of this, <laughs> but I think the title for this movie is going to be Knob Schneider. Well, uh, I think we should ship it. It's a fully formed idea that it's already been shipped. Be pushed out of the nest and allowed to fly. And I think it will. It's already been filmed, and it will be in theaters next week. More likely straight to Netflix. Twist! Adam Sandler does have that Netflix deal. He does have it. I think he has a few movies left on it. So, If you're listening, listening, Adam, we have come up with a a few pro bono ideas for you to fulfill that contract. Or Netflix, if you're listening Netflix, you know. They don't have to be Adam Sandler. Yeah, we, no, we, they do. Uh, who are we, we kidding, a, though? We know, we know both of them are listening. That's true. Both Netflix and this Adam. This is Pitchcast. No, that's not right. This is Pitch this Hunt. Is, this is Pitch Hunt. <laughs> Coming to you hot and fresh. Pitch Hunt. Pitch Hey, hey, kids. The podcast episode you just listened to was recorded before we had come up with our website or social media accounts, but lucky for you, we have them now. You can visit our website at pitchhunt.org. You can email us at info at pitchhunt.org. Our Instagram and Twitter handles are pitch underscore hunt, or you can get in touch with us at Facebook at Pitch Hunt Podcast. Thanks, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day.